What is up, team? Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm joined by Coach Andrea for another Q&A. Andrea, fill us in on how your week has been and anything new you have going on. My week has been a, such a weird one. Um, Monday, I didn't train in the morning because I went to go get labs done. And so, I don't know, it's just always weird not training on a day that I always train. So that kind of made things feel weird right off the bat. And then, um, let's see, yesterday was Wednesday and we, we had Max's consultation for his surgery and I got there and we did the consultation and then they're like, okay, so he should be going in in a couple hours for surgery. And I'm like, wait, okay. yeah. they, I don't know if I really don't think that they told me that that was like a major, just like an assumed close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really strange. Um, because they framed it as a consultation and I said, do we, do I have to do that since we already have an x-ray from my vet? And they said, yeah, we have it's something that we have to do. And so I was like, okay, I guess we'll, we'll do that first and then schedule <laughs> surgery. And so, um, I had gotten a lot of my Wednesday check-in people done on Tuesday and kind of like, um, just let them know ahead of time that I was going to be doing that consult, but I did not realize that we were going to be just going straight into surgery yesterday. So, uh, yeah, it's just been a weird week overall with a couple of things, just kind of throwing my usual schedule off, but, um, still, still a good week. It's been really pretty out. So it's been nice to enjoy that weather and, um, training has still been going really well. Nutrition. I added more food again this week. Um, I think when I get labs back and, um, I also did, a Dutch test. I think whenever we get those things back, I will be able to, as long as everything looks good, of course, I'll be able to, um, talk about going into a deficit. So I'm excited for that. Okay. Okay. That will be exciting. I'm interested to see what you guys can accomplish there. When do you think your Dutch test will be back? I have no idea how long that takes. I don't either. Huh. It's like okay. an overnight, um, you, like you, you mail it and they, they give you a, like an overnight, uh, pre like, I don't know how to say it, but like you take it to UPS and they overnight it. You just like um, to take in a cup of pee. Is that how that works? Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so you, you like pee on strips and then you let them dry out and then you put them Got in you. like a baggie and mail that in. Interesting. Um, so I, I think it'll be fairly quick, I assume, but I, I don't know for sure. Okay. I'm, I'm interested to see what that looks like as well and like break that down with our team also. Okay, cool. I'm glad to hear though. Things continue to seem to be, it seems like the last month or so things have actually been progressing pretty quickly after being in a holding pattern for a very long time. So I'm excited to hear that. Yeah. From my end, it's been pretty standard week as well. Um, today was actually my first day of training back from the deload. So I think last week we had, I had just started my deload and I'm definitely feeling so much better. I think that again, like for me, when I need to deload, it almost always arises like mentally. I can tell my head just isn't as in my training. I'm just not as excited about it. And again, just like, I uh, just, just don't have as much juice whenever I'm in those sessions, but I was feeling so much, feeling so much better. Like, I think that as a whole, like carries over to even like with the food, it was like, it, it seems so much more daunting to like get all my food down. I of course still did it. Um, but it was so much more like, man. <laughs> I'm really not feeling eating all of this food. And similarly there, I've noticed so much more lately. It's like, it seems just so much easier again. And again, like regardless, I think it's important to a mindset that I try to instill in clients is 
it's okay to have times like that, right? We all have times where we're not going to feel motivated to do it. And honestly, I think it's good practice for a lot of people to just go through like even maintenance phases and being okay with like, I don't feel fired up about this. I don't feel motivated, but I am still going to like do the things. I think like practicing that and going through phases like that and just being okay with, I don't feel crazy excited about this right now because that's how life is going to be regardless. There's inevitably going to be periods like that. I think that that's honestly such an important thing to work through. Um, but I'm also excited to get back into it. So yeah, that has been my week in a nutshell. Um, any thoughts on that? Or are you good to dig into questions? I had that same talk probably two or three times this week with clients. And I, I have periods like that. I mean, it's just like an emotion, like you're not expecting to feel sad or feel happy all the time. It comes and goes and you have to be able, like, it's really nice to feel motivated. Like that's fun. But Mm -hmm. if you rely on that, you're never going to get anything done. And I'll also tell people like, Hey, if you continue checking off all the boxes that you need to check off, that tends to bring on more motivation than like action, action precedes motivation rather than the other way around. So yeah, that's, I don't know. I I did have that conversation more frequently this week than I think I typically do, but it's just something that um, is is really common. And I think it's helpful for clients and, and other people listening to know that we go through that exact same thing pretty consistently. Yeah. And you just have to rely on the, the habits that you've created and, and the discipline and be able to fall back on that whenever motivation isn't taking you through. Absolutely. And I think that one of one of the things I love about our work and honestly, most things in life is it's cool to look at how little it actually depends on your emotional state where I think for most things, like I want to get to from point A to point B, I really like to look at it as, okay, there's just a tangible amount of work that I have to do between now and then like a tangible amount of very good work that I have to do between now and then to get to that point, be it with like our company with like getting clients to a result. Um, or again, with like your own physique journey, to me, that's kind of a comforting thing. Like it doesn't matter like really how I feel because I think so many people are like, well, shit, like what if it doesn't work? Because like, what if I don't feel motivated? Right. And then it's like such a wishy-washy thing where it's, it's to me, at least it's so cool to like, I can absolutely get here. I can do whatever I want if I choose to within extent, right? Right. Like I'm not going to be like Chris Bumstead. I understand that, <laughs> but I can t- continue to progress towards this goal as long as I choose to keep showing up. And it doesn't have to be dependent on my emotional state, no matter how I'm feeling, I can still always continue to choose to show up. And again, I think like it's been very cool to like watch our, the culture of our company kind of evolve over time to where I know we were talking about this off air as well, like willingness to do hard things and just like how I feel like all of our clients are so incredible in that regard as well. Just like being willing to, again, show up to do the hard work, even when like you might not feel motivated about it, you might not feel excited about it and understanding again, like that's okay. Nor is it realistic to expect yourself to always feel like that. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're coaching people for a year or more in a lot of cases and you definitely can't expect to feel fired up for it that entire time. So it's an inevitable conversation to go through. And I think that that's like, I don't know, for some people, I, I, I think it's somewhat of like an aha type of moment where it's like, Oh, like maybe in the past I have never 
taken things to the point where I have to push through, like not feeling motivated. So, yeah, yeah. I very much like, I know we are all about like finding the most optimal approach for the individual. And it's, that is a very important part. But I also think a lot of times people overestimate how much like finding the perfect plan, not being able to find the perfect plan has been the thing that's held them back in the past and underestimate how much it's just like, Hey, it just takes patience and time and consistency and being willing to work through these times when you're not motivated. But also speaking of clients um, before we get into it, I want to shout out a few more of our clients we were talking about on our team call. Um, Debbie love shout out to you, Debbie love as she's been crushing it, working with coach Julie, just been so consistent showing up every week. Extremely cool. Um, I know she had a long history of kind of feeling like with specific fat loss, um, feeling kind of stuck. So it's been cool to see, like, she's just showed up and right out of the gate has just been crushing it with Julie, just losing very consistently about a pound a week. Alyssa Gomez working with coach Natalie, shout out to you, Alyssa G. Um, that's another very cool one because I know they have been just kind of quote unquote exploring maintenance through most of the process, just focusing on really fueling her and also getting her to push her training intensity, getting her to really understand RIR and like what she's capable of there. And they haven't been in a deficit the entire process, but she has just seen such an impressive recomposition as well. And that's so cool to see like what individuals are capable of again, without even necessarily like entering a structured deficit, but again, just spending time consistently at maintenance, eliminating these periods of like maybe um, more overeating and really focusing on pushing training and optimizing the stimulus there. Like your physique can change so much in that regard from your end, anybody that you wanted to shout out. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Jenny Nielsen. She started out at the end of last May. So she's been with me for quite a while and um, she wanted to enter a building phase. So up until last week, she's been in a building phase and she went from 140 to 155 ish. Um, so added 15 pounds throughout that time, but she looked like she looked awesome at the end of this build, like, um, kept it very lean. She works super hard in the gym. She has a really nice gym set up in her garage, like kind of like, uh, ours. She, she just got a, uh, prime rack. Um, Oh, let's go. Yeah. And so anyway, uh, she, she started last week in a deficit. And so being able to start out with a build like that and build for, that was like, like 10 months, right? Yeah almost. Um, that is, that just like sets you up for such a great fat loss phase later on. And like, if she would have started out with a fat loss phase, she definitely could have gotten leaner and would have looked great. But starting with that 10 month build, her physique is going to be completely changed at the end of this fat loss phase. So I'd imagine that we're going to get pretty similar to where she started in terms of weight, body weight, um, so that's going to be really cool to compare 140 oh, then yeah. and 140 now. That's always such a rewarding thing. And that's, I think for a lot of clients, the longer you're willing to delay gratification, eventually the better result you'll get. Like I've shared someone that I've shared a lot is like my client, Kim, um, where we very similarly, like we were prepping her for a wedding and it was like the first eight, nine months, she was just in a building phase. She never entered fat loss. And like, we saw her getting stronger and building muscle, but she also did gain some body fat. And then it was like, at the end of that year, when we completed the subsequent fat loss phase, it was like, her weight was very, very similar, but her physique looks dramatically different. We've gone through this process again. And now 
because of COVID, basically her wedding reception like got pushed back. So she has like her second wedding basically that she's preparing for. So we've kind of like been able to repeat the process. And I actually posted an update on her building phase relatively recently, which has gone extremely well. We've also, we kept her leaner in her second building phase versus her first. But I would also say it was a more productive building phase than her first. So I'm, I'm really, really excited to see like what we can uncover at the end of this phase. But that is such a rewarding thing when the clients are willing to play the long game like that to that extent because again it is like hey it's good before we really really see the fruits of your labor it is going to be a year but it's going to pay off big time if you're willing to be patient um speaking of being patient i'd like to shout out my client Tass from across the pond in the uk that's a, that's the country across the yeah. pond right okay <laughs> okay just wanted to make sure i was referring most to of the them right are place. over there <laughs> Um, I don't know if that can just be like anything, any country that is across an ocean. But anyways, um, yeah, when she started, she was actually coming off of a bodybuilding comp prep relatively recently and was just in this place where she had constant fatigue. Um, she had digestive issues. She was feeling awful in her training. She felt like she'd gotten considerably weaker. Her hunger was super high. She had gotten shredded. And she was really also struggling with like letting go of being her leanest. We had like on one end, all this negative biofeedback, but kind of an internal battle where it was like, at the same time, like, I want to get a little, I like, don't want to let go of this. And that's, which is understandable. It's a very hard thing to let go of. Like after my first photo shoot, I struggled with that a lot. And this is something that I talked through with clients very, very consistently. So it's a very normal thing. Um, and she was considering when we started kind of potentially hopping into a diet again, because relatively soon, because she didn't feel quite as lean as she wanted to be. So we worked through like, Hey, I think the best approach is a health phase. We probably, we honestly might need to see you gain a little bit of body fat. And I don't want to put a time frame on like how long it'll be before we're in a safe place to diet. I also can't guarantee you that you will be able to like, because her, even like she's deep into the health phase now, and she's still a very, very, very lean person, like past the point where a lot of people will get at the end of a fat loss phase. She's already naturally, she's very lean, especially her midsection. Um, but within that, so it was like, I can't guarantee like, we'll ever be able to get you to a place where you are shredded and like, you can maintain that and be healthy, but we can explore first. I want to take you through a health phase. And then we can explore like, what does, what is a sustainable level of body fat for you? A sustainable level of leanness. Whereas you still have a good quality of life. You don't have like terrible biofeedback or anything of that nature, but it's been really, really cool because she's embraced that i'm super proud of her because she's really been willing to lean into the uncomfortable kind of get introspective and also just challenge her previous like uh her like previous conception of things and really like change her mind and really just be willing to get introspective um and it's so it's been really cool to kind of see the breakthroughs we've been able to have like one of the biggest ones was she just had awful pms symptoms for a very very long time to where it was typically like one to two months or not one to two months, like one to two weeks out of every month, she would just be like mentally and physically just feel awful. Last couple of months, she's been in a place where those have basically been non-existent, which I feel like is just such a huge improvement in quality of life. She'd also had some recent digestive symptoms that were um, just some major digestive issues that had She'd essentially been eating in a gluten-free manner before. And then in the last year, like with her bodybuilding prep and whatnot, I had started introducing more gluten, which I'm definitely not against people consuming gluten. But actually through blood work, we identified that she also has celiac disease, which was news to her, but it was cool to be able to like, okay, of course, like working around that, we that is one case where we do want to avoid gluten and be able to eliminate a lot of those issues. 
And also now she's just in a place where she's feeling so much better fueled. Um, she's hitting new PRs in the gym, extremely strong. And I'm very happy with like her rate of growth and building muscle tissue. We've also been able to make some considerable improvements like in the past, like feeling like she couldn't connect with or build like her glutes or hamstrings as much with digging deep into like her execution um, and just putting her in positions to be successful. She's someone that's that tends to be pretty hypermobile. So she struggled in the past with feeling like, okay, at these end ranges of motion for like an RDL or a squat pattern, I feel like I'm weak and I kind of collapse into that. So we've really been able to address that. And again, getting a lot of it's just been putting her in stable positions and working on like, Hey, in your case, we are going to emphasize more pauses at that end range and focus on maximizing your control there. It's really cool to see the progress that we've been able to make in that regard as well. Um, and also her just embracing again, like when you push that level of leanness to the point where it's not sustainable, it is something that we eventually oftentimes have to be okay. And again, like this is a difference. There's a difference between getting a lifestyle lean and getting like peeled, like stage ready. Like she was essentially most people aren't 90, uh, hardly anyone's going to be able to maintain like a stage level of leanness unless you're absolutely a genetic freak. I think there's also so much to be said for like being okay with like letting go of that and embracing the other benefits that come with like, Hey, maybe I'm not, I'm still like a very healthy level of leanness, but all the, like the quality of life gains, um, the strength gains, enjoying your life outside of your training and your nutrition more. Like it's be cool to see her, like be able to embrace all of that as well. So very proud of her. And if she even like posted yesterday about her own journey, which I share that on my story and I highly recommend that's probably not up at this point, but I highly recommend you and check that out as well. But shout out to you, Tass. I'm extremely proud of you and all the progress you've made so far, but as far as clients go, anything else you want to add before we hop into questions? No, I'm ready for questions if you are. Cool. First one I have, what are your physique goals going forward? Well, uh, I've been in this health phase for a very long time at this point. So I, um, right now I, I haven't added a ton of body fat, but just like generally feel a bit fluffy just from I'm, I'm eating so much food right now. Um, I it's been weird because I'm actually still pretty hungry. Like hunger is actually ticked up in the last three weeks, even with such a big increase in food. But, um, I do just have like, I, I would like to get a bit leaner going into the summer just to feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, I also, I want to be able to maintain a, a little bit of a lighter weight than I am at right now, um, longer term, just for the sake of like, just feeling a bit, a little bit lighter on my feet, making pull-ups a little bit easier, like those kind of things. Um, there's just kind of like a, like a, not a set point in terms of like a hard set point where you can't move past it, but like, just like where I have been most of my life and feel pretty comfortable is probably about eight ish pounds lighter than I am right now. And so like any, jogging, jumping, pull-ups, like all that kind of stuff. Just, I feel pretty heavy for that. Um, so I, I would like to get a bit leaner and then not push it any, to anything crazy at all, but just get a little leaner and then maintain that, um, through the summer. And then I, I don't really care to add a lot of muscle everywhere, but I do want to add to my hamstrings, um, my, back. My back has actually come a long way. Lats specifically have come a really long way in the last couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. working with Sue, 
that was just like, uh, I leveled up my polling <laughs> a lot. Oh, yeah. Like it was just a big understanding lottery any better. Yeah. Yeah. A lot better. It, it was a big, um, jump in my, in my knowledge base with training, but then also, mm-hmm. um, applying that better, even like I training at home, like I did for so long for most of the time. Well, I still train at home, but like training with very bare bones equipment, like yeah, a pulley. A yeah, exactly. Um, I, I just had like a pulley, a barbell, um, dumbbells. And so most of my back training was done with just, just with that stuff. And even just with that and not going back to the gym after, uh, 2020, I, I was able to build my lats quite a bit. So I think that for the most part right now, rhomboids, um, would be a focus. And then, um, like I said, hamstrings. So that as of now, those are my goals, um, for physique. I know that that's going to change at some point. Like once I feel like my hamstrings look better, my rhomboids look better, holding a little bit leaner weight. I know that I'm going to figure out something else to chase after. Cause that's just how it goes. But as of now, that's what I've got. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I think with lat training specifically, that is almost always one of the areas we can see considerable improvement with. I don't think most people have been taught how to actually train their lats. Whereas like with most people coming on board, and this is a big part of why we're such sticklers about like getting execution videos, consistently breaking down form videos from clients, because your intention with your back training is so important. Naturally, most people are going to pull and row with elbows flared a little bit more, which will still train some lat, but it's going to typically be more upper back biased. Whereas again, for lats, like whether it's a pull down, whether it's a row, we really want that intention to be driving your elbow down towards your hip. Probably don't want to drive that elbow too far past your torso. Or again, we're going to be recruiting, not that it's necessarily bad, but we are going to be recruiting a little bit more of the upper back and rooted out musculature there. No matter what, I mean, like they're integrated movements, right? We're going to be working rear delts. We're going to be working up our back and lats, but we can target like these different areas more. So that's typically one of the biggest areas to improve. I'm really excited to see like what these next couple months hold for you. It was super cool to see you go through that photo shoot process with Sue. Um, so I'm excited to see again, like what the continued development looks like after this health phase that you've gone through. And I know you've been very patient with it and I know it has been a long process. Um from my end, yeah, we are. So we are starting mesocycle two of chest and bicep specialization. So within this, my goal is just to get some big ass pecs. Um, yeah, really. I mean, right now it's just building pecs and building biceps. I went through the photo shoot prep. I don't have gold. I don't care to get that lean again in the near future. I also was past the point that was sustainable. Also though, like with my wedding coming up in October, I don't want my face to be too chunk, too chunky when I go into <laughs> uh, the wedding. So very much like Brandon. And also it's been interesting to go through like the process with Brandon as well. Um, as very much we are taking, like my food is very, very high, but also I'm very dialed in with my nutrient timing. I'm very dialed in with my food quality um, with a, a lot less flexible dieting than I've ever done in the past over like the last year, year and a half now. Um, I think it just also allows me to be much more accurate within my tracking. So like my food is very, very high, but I have, I'm very happy with how lean I've been able to stay. Um, also kind of scared because it looks like we're probably gonna have to bump food up again in the near future because of my weight. So is it really moving up? So I'm interested to see what that looks like, but, um, 
yeah, for me right now, it's just continuing to build chest and biceps. I honestly feel like at the point that I am at currently, it's less so for me about I enjoy seeing the progress, but it's more so like what's more important to me is continuing to practice what I'm preaching and knowing that I'm showing up for myself every day. I'm showing up as a leader for a community every day and I'm doing good work, right? I think that in itself is like the most valuable thing to me. That's what, again, like reflecting on like that photo shoot prep, the thing that I was cool to me, like I've hardly even like shared any of the pictures from that because it wasn't necessarily about the end result that I achieved as much as it was like the, okay, I'm hitting 14,500 steps every day. I'm hitting my macros every single day. I'm not missing on any of this. And again, like just leading by example for our clients and also just showing myself like truly like how consistent and how dialed in I'm capable of being, how hard I can push, how hard I can work. I think that's really where the real value lies. So like I'm excited to continue growing. I'm happy with the progress we've made so far as the chest and biceps. And I mean, with my training, the last mesocycle went very well and it's we're doing the exact same mesocycle once again, which I'm excited about because I feel like, again, like a lot of those movements, I'm just have built a good foundation over this last mesocycle, made a decent amount of neurological gains with some of the movements as quickly as they were progressing week to week. I could tell like, Hey, I'm still in that phase where I'm making neurological adaptations. I'm picking up the skill of the movement, but like once we get past that point and continue to try to progress the movement is really when we started like actually stimulating more muscle growth. So I'm excited to get a little bit like to again, like continue to progress these movements so I can push for more actual tissue growth in this phase. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, going forward, that's essentially where my head is at as of now. I think we're going to go on our honeymoon. Um, I don't know, probably sometime early 2024. I think we're going to go to Egypt and like go on a cruise down the Nile and like go like visit like pyramids and temples and shit like that. So I don't know if that's something you get shredded for or not. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Um, but as of now, again, my focus is just on building. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. I'm I'm really interested to see like how things progress too, especially with um, sticking with Brandon for a long amount of time and see how that goes, especially with like pushing your food up higher than it has been in the past and like aiming to to see the scale weight going up and um, take you through that full build. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. What do you got for me? First question is what is your, what, what are your personal preferred workout splits and why? Man, I would say personally this, and this is like for ourselves, not for clients. I didn't ask to specify, but it said, it said personal. So I assume I'll take it. Honestly, it's the same for both. I would say just the yeah. classic four days a week, upper, lower, upper, lower. That's not what I'm following right now. Um, I mean, right now it's chest and biceps three days a week. I have back and delts one day a week and lower body one day a week. But I really think from like, um, you can get in. I think a lot of people from both from the beginner stage to a pretty advanced stage can still make great progress with like an upper, lower four day a week split. And you can bias things more within like, Hey, if I want to add a little bit more chest volume or bicep volume, we can add in a little bit more or whatever it may be delt volume. We can add in a little bit more work to like those lower body days or like a lot of clients I'll have like, Hey, we're going to train upper body except for delts or except for arms on your upper body days and then add delts or arms to your lower body days. 
But really within that, I think for most people, and again, like especially in periods where, hey, I am pushing harder in like the business side of things, for example, that four days a week is still always very, very manageable, but still like you can get plenty of volume to continue to progress. I also really enjoy training lower body twice per week. Um, even like the practice, practicing your lower, I feel like just practicing your lower body training, lower body sessions to me just feel so much better when I'm training lower body twice per week versus once a week. That is something where I feel like with just once a week frequency, I really do struggle to progress there very much. And like right now we have like my lower, we have all my volume except for my chest and biceps is very low, um, which is because of where I'm at, I'm more advanced and I am in a specialization phase. But when it's again, like, Hey, I'm kind of just pushing for balanced growth. That is definitely my preferred approach. And again, I see like some variation of that for clients as well. It's almost always going to be the best approach. A lot of people that's pulling back from like, Hey, doing five to six days a week to doing just two days a week, but again, not to doing just four days a week. But again, like once you dial in your execution further, your intensity further, yeah, the way you're fueling yourself going into your training sessions, we can oftentimes get so much more out of less. So I would say like both from my personal perspective and from um, a client perspective, that would probably be like my favorite. What's your take? That my answer is exactly the same. Although with my own training, I, I haven't programmed for myself in a very long time, but um, I have liked every split I've ever done, even like starting out doing just like a bro split, like one body part per day, or, um, I've done anterior posterior with powerlifting. It was like daily undulated periodization where I'm squat benching, deadlifting, um, <clears throat> two to three times per week. And I've liked all of it. I've just, mm -hmm. I think it's like one of those things where you have to, you just have to like get, dive in and, and figure out a way to love it. But I do really, really like uh, upper lower. And that's what I program like by far the most often. Yeah. I'll say like, I don't like, I've gone, um, when I worked with the strength guys, we did a push pull. So it was like full body push, full body pull. I, that was an interesting experiment. Um, and I made good progress on it, but also when you're training lower body every day, yeah. <laughs> I did not enjoy that, especially like it was now it was a pretty, it was like, Hey, I'm going to do like a hack squat and a leg extension. And then I'm going to go into like my upper body pushing. It wasn't a huge amount, but still, I think mentally like bringing yourself to be ready to train, like, because I think lower body, like you have to be in a different mental state to train than your upper body and like getting ready for that four days a week. It was fun, but at the same time, it was definitely challenging. Um, I do the bro split was always very, very fun. There has there hasn't been a very consistent time in my training career. Like when I started, I was training chest five days a week. <laughs> I just didn't do I didn't do lower body in it. Like three days a week were chest and no, it was five days a week I did chest, and then I would do then I transitioned to three days a week. I'm doing chest and back. Two days a week I'm going to do delts and arms. Then I followed the bro split for a while, but I mean I think since like. 2012 probably i was following like an upper lower split either four days a week or upper lower upper lower upper five days a week so yeah that's always kind of and i guess when i worked with steve hall i did uh push pull lower push pull lower six days a week i did actually like that split as well and we did for a while we did where it was a six day split but it was five days a week so like that six day would fall oh, yeah. at the start of the next week i actually really enjoyed that also that was a fun one, actually. I would say, hmm, 
that actually be a toss up because I did really enjoy training like that as well. That's somewhat similar to what I do right now. Cause I do, um, upper and then upper and then lower and then, but the lower body day also has a back circuit and then arms with like leg extensions and leg curls, but it's, it's three workout days, but four days per week training. So mm-hmm. it's like ABCA. Okay. Okay. So you're hitting everything with basically twice a week frequency. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But it's, yeah. Uh, the the only one that I really didn't love was three days per week, full body. I did that for maybe like two or three months at the very beginning of working out at home. And Mm -hmm. it just smashed me even only training three days per week. I just felt crushed. I did not like that at all. Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially if you're doing a lot of lower body compound movements, I think for beginners, I do like that split. There's a lot to just understanding if you are brand new to this um, or relatively new to this, there is again, a big skill component that we have to learn and practicing these movements more frequently will allow us to acquire that skill quicker so that we can actually drive the, the stress and the adaptation that we want. But once you get pretty proficient at those movements, I think it's pretty easy, especially like if you're doing just three to four compound movements like that every session or like shit for more compound movements in that case, every session, once you get very good at, again, creating tension in the target musculature and really executing those movements well and pushing them hard, it is also pretty easy to just kind of smash yourself there. So mm-hmm. I, I would fully agree with that. All right. Last question I have for you. What are signs that you're looking for telling you that the client isn't ready to diet? Okay. So a lot of times with a client, even if they are wanting to go into fat loss, we will start out with, um, something that we call a primer phase where we're just starting somewhere near maintenance, um, or near, uh, where they have been eating for a bit, if they're not already in uh, deficit calories and we're getting them consistent with tracking, um, consistent with biofeedback. So we don't want to see a ton of hunger. We want to sleep, see that sleep digestion, all of those things are good. And then whenever, whenever all of those things, sorry, I don't know even what he wants, but he's whining. Um, whenever we see that all of those things are good, then we can get into fat loss. So what we would see as things that are not that, that tell us that a client is not ready to diet is all of those things being off. So hunger is all over the place, even at maintenance calories. That could be that you've um, tried to be restrictive for a very long time, or you have something going on within lab work um, uh, and and just need to spend more time eating maintenance calories. Um, Another one being that sleep isn't very good. Um, Digestion isn't very good. So a lot of bloating or a lot of gas, constipation, diarrhea, those kind of things. We don't want to see until, um, we, we don't want to put you in a deficit until we see that those things are, um, cleared up. And with that, we would get into food logs, um, see if there's anything obvious in, in food logs to improve. So like your, uh, your fiber, um, soluble versus insoluble fiber ratio and see if there's anything within that we can fix or, um, just habits, like making sure that you're drinking enough water, uh, making sure that you're eating slowly, chewing thoroughly, all of those kind of things. Um, and then another thing would be just 
poor adherence. So if you're not able to adhere and maintenance calories, that's not going to improve whenever you get into a deficit. So, um, if, if food is all over the place and you're, you're eating over your macros and then you're eating under the next day to compensate, like that's not a solid relationship with food where we would feel comfortable pulling food down further. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say, I think you touched on that very well. I would say a couple other things that we're looking for to avoid repeating you is, are you, do you have a good amount of muscle mass or are you under muscle? Now there are some cases depending on the client, like, Hey, how long have you been doing this and how much body fat do you have? If you already have a decent amount of body fat to lose and there is a very realistic, and again, like we're going to be relatively new to training in a proper manner, fueling yourself well we can't often see like a good recomp and still see fat loss alongside that. If you're already a pretty lean person and you want to get leaner, but also again, you're in a situation where like, Hey, you might not have as much muscle as you want. Similar to like, now I know like Jenny had a good amount of muscle coming in. So I don't know if this is like the perfect example, but that's like, because we referenced this, like that is one example where it's like, Hey, long-term, like the physique you want has more muscle. You're already pretty lean. We're going to have to go through a period of time where you build more muscle before you have the physique you want regardless. So maybe we start focusing on building and then enter fat loss later. Um, I would say if you are in a place where you have a lot of inconsistencies within your menstrual cycle, for example, maybe it's been missing, maybe the length has been kind of all over the place. Um, that's also something we would want to address and try to establish some consistency there um, and kind of cement that as normal again before we enter a fat loss phase. Now, also, of course, like that can be interrupted by things like perimenopause or menopause. So also making sure within like things like that, from a lifestyle perspective, are you in a good place to diet? Are you like going through the most stressful time of your life ever right now? Now, there are also situations where that's not like a make or break. I wouldn't say as far as like the life stress, there are also situations where it's like, Hey, I've been stressed. I'm going to continue to be stressed, but it's actually can be a very empowering thing to like, Hey, I'm kind of taking control of this aspect of my life when like maybe these other stressors, I feel like are out of my control. And so it's not always like, that's for sure a like, Hey, I'm not ready for a fat loss phase. But again, that is something that I typically want to delve into with a client a lot more before it is indeed something we take on. And a lot of clients will determine like, Hey, we'll determine together. Hey, it might be a better time for just like a maintenance period, right. And focusing on your health, focusing on stress management and things of that nature. And then once we get in a better place there, then we can push for fat loss. Um, and then I would say someone who is consistently under eating or their food logs appear, they're consistently under eating, which a lot of times, sometimes individuals just like, it has been like, Hey, you've been trying to diet for so long. Like you've been trying you're, and again, these are typically individuals that are already are already pretty lean. Not always the case, but typically individuals are already pretty lean here. And oftentimes what it is, is like, you just been trying to diet for so long. First, you probably experienced some hormonal and metabolic downregulation. So alongside that, again, we'll often see speaking about other points, like things like inconsistency within your menstrual cycle. Um, but also it's typically like, Hey, maybe four or 5,000 days out of the week, you're dramatically under eating. And then a couple of days of the week, we're kind of taking things to the complete other end of the spectrum and we're overeating, or it might be like under eating all day, overeating in the evenings. Right. And before we get into fat loss, we want to establish a healthier pattern there where we're really just focusing on better fueling you. We're very much just focusing on pushing your training intensity further. If that makes sense at the time, dialing your execution. And again, a lot of times what we can see is when we remove those cycles of overeating and undereating, you're consistently better fueled, your body responds better, 
metabolically and hormonally, you'll be in a better place. And even without entering a deficit, we can often see like some very positive body composition shifts. But yeah, those would be the other couple things I would look for. Anything else to add there? Those were great additions. I I don't want people to think like, oh, things have to line up exactly perfectly. And I can't face any adversity. I can't face any adversity if I want to diet. But um, with just getting those ducks in a row first, you're going to have such a, like being, being healthy, being well-fed before you go into it, you're going to have such a better outcome for having that patience and laying the foundation first before you go into a deficit versus just jumping in when things are health-wise chaotic. And that's only typically going to make things worse. Whereas if you improve those things, make sure you're well-fed, make sure your training is on point, water, sleep, digestion, all of those. Then you go into a fat loss phase and things work like clockwork. Yeah. That's a very good point though. And something I want to touch on as well is there won't ever be the perfect time. We want to make sure your health is in a good place, but on the same token, like it would be easy to if it's like, like, again, thinking back to my own fat loss phase, like, okay, within the first couple of weeks, it was like me and Katie went on the five day trip around Arizona and I could have easily like, well, it's not the right time because this trip came up. Right. Or Katie wants to go out every weekend. So rather than like, just like, okay, I'm going to just like get a chicken salad with mustard on mustard. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could have like, well, Katie wants to go out right now. So it's not the right time. And that's, I mean, that's ultimately your choice, but it's also important to understand that no matter what stuff like that is going to come up in a foul loss phase. And again, like it's okay if you're choosing, that's, that's not the reason to continue to pursue it, but you're probably not going to have a foul loss phase where things like that don't come up. Um, so there is, I, you know, like I think a large aspect of like myth discipline and understanding regardless, there's going to be situations like that that come up, but we definitely want to make sure like first and foremost, like, is this indeed a healthy thing for the client to take on? And again, again, I want to make sure it's also clear, like it's completely okay. If like you have those things coming up and you decide like, Hey, fat loss isn't worth it to me at this time, but understanding like there will no matter what be the mental component where like, Hey, this is going to be a grind. I'm going to have to probably say no to um, more foods than I would like. I will probably, people hate this word, but I probably will feel a little bit more restricted than I'd like. And this is a season, this isn't permanent. Um, anything else to add there? Yeah, that's, that's like most of the value for a lot of our clients of dieting. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of our clients are people who are more advanced. They're already lean. They're just trying to get leaner. So this isn't for health necessarily. Like there is definitely a case to be made for like, if you are overweight and that's affecting your cholesterol and blood pressure and things like that, then yeah, a lot of the value of fat loss is coming from those improvements in health. But for a lot of our clients where most of the benefit is, is the mental side of things like pushing yourself, showing yourself that you can do hard things, having some grit, like all of those benefits versus just like, I'm going to see a little bit of improvement in my uh, blood sugars or my cholesterol because I'm going through this. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, that is all the questions we have for today. As always, we appreciate the good questions and we will catch you guys next time.